Hello, welcome back to Saltwater High. Today I have on the show Manav, and Manav and I, we go deep and we talk about the history of surfing, inequities in surfing, localism, inclusivity, and some other great things. Let's listen to Manav for a second. It's that the highest form in Polynesian culture, highest form of humanity is recreation. And one way to show so, show recreation is to be in the water and recreate that way, right? Mm. And and that to me, that's powerful, right? The highest form of humanity is recreation. So surfing in many ways, you know, it is recreation. It gives us, you know, it, it, it's therapeutic, it's uh, expression, it's competitive, right? And, and then and let's go on and on. The highest form of humanity is recreation and surfing. You're not going to get an argument from me there. Manav and I go into a lot of really deep topics. I want to thank Manav for giving me the opportunity to have this conversation, which was a little uncomfortable in some moments, but was worth having. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Welcome, Manav. Saltwater, hi. Welcome, Manav, to our podcast. Manav, how are you doing, brother? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. And uh, I hear there's some fires up there in San Fran. What's everything uh, Everything cool or what, what's happening? I mean, we got fires in San Mateo, Sonoma, um, and then little brush fires kind of along the highways. So wow. woke up this morning, went for a walk on the beach, and there was a lot of like ash on cars and on the street. And I leave my windows open and I actually have some like ash on the windowsill. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. What's your go-to uh, surf spot in, in San Fran? I go straight at Lincoln. It's called VFW. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Ocean Beach has different spots. Yep. That's sort of like down the street from where I go. But in the summertime, Kelly Cove is better because you catch a south swell. Um, I tend to drive south to Montana in the summertime. Sometimes Lindamar is the only place that's working. Nice. Uh, but Ocean Beach is primarily the place to go. I love Ocean Beach. I, Noriega. I always I dial direct to Noriega when I'm there. Yeah, Noriega is fun. When it's really good, it's really good. But also it's like 30 to 40 people out there. <laughs> yeah, it's way <laughs> crowded up there these days. Well, I, maybe less now with COVID. But um, how, how have you been maneuvering through COVID? Because you guys were on, you were one of the first cities on lockdown, actually, I think. I think so. Yeah, we started lockdown in March 15th. You know, I, I think at first it was it wasn't hard because I kind of work from home. Uh, it's just the idea of not being able to go places. And then, you know, you have to schedule time to go food shopping. So there was a lot of like, um, like what's going on here? What's going on type of energy? Yeah. You know? um, but now I'm used to it. You know, you plan out when you do grocery shopping. I usually don't go out that much anyway. Um, cause I like to, you know, my day is work, work out and then surf, you know? Nice. Sounds uh, like my day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then I, I've been unemployed, which is, I think it's, uh, it's, it, it's a blessing. It's allowed me to sort of reevaluate, um, you know, think about different things, activism, you know, think about environmental challenges that we're facing, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, I could work for somebody else for the rest of my life, but I actually want to do something different. Like I want to be you know, our environment is suffering and we, I feel like we really need to step up our game collectively, you know? So I've been kind of like brainstorming, like what can I do 
and maybe work for a nonprofit or or other organizations to really, you know, get more get more thinking around um, around our environment. And that's one of the reasons I actually I I shop at um, exclusively on your website because nice. you know because I have I travel and I have I can buy cheaper board bags, but I don't want to because hemp is much better for the environment than the other board bags, right? So. Things like that, I'm really aware, and and uh, I really want to, you know, encourage other people to do more. I appreciate that, brother, and and I did not pay him to say that, <laughs> so yeah. everyone yeah. knows out there. It's <laughs> it's, you know, I I rarely get to talk talk to my. I mean, I do talk to some customers, but obviously, it's a it's a big world out there, and I just I love hearing that people are stoked on, you know. Um, the whole ethos of Wave Tribe and what we're what we're all about, and yeah, I just want to say I really appreciate that. And oh, thank yeah. you, absolutely. Yeah, bro. yeah man. So uh, let's dig into some of these topics here. I find really interesting. Um, just so everyone knows out there in saltwater high world, I I usually I ask participants what they want to talk about, you know, because this show is really for, for everyone out there. It's, it's something that I started in COVID because, well, actually I had no inventory for, for months because all of the suppliers were shut down and I wanted to give back to the community. And it was kind of a slow start in the beginning, but it's really humming now. And I really appreciate, um, well, the community. And if anyone wants to be on the show, just hit me up. And I'm, I'm interested in your, you know, we'll, we'll get to some of the other ones, but the history of surfing, tell, t- talk to me a little bit about that and, and what your thoughts are around that. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, there's multiple layers to that, right? Because you, we don't really talk about the history of surfing in any, if you take a class to learn how to surf, it's usually at a beach, right? Hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of research behind that either, but there's few professors who have written really interesting books about history of surfing, but we don't, we don't, most people that surf that are like from high level pros to your everyday GI Joe who surfs, you know, on the weekends or weekday, you know, like surfing has a deep root culture in Polynesian culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you also have um, uh, the Incas who used to surf uh, in, in Peruvian culture. Right. And then you also have old ancient cultures in Senegal and what's known in Senegal now, but they're, they actually surfing was part of their culture. Right. And it, it's when we say surfing, we're not talking about modern day surfboards, but they did use a form of flotation device that was incorporated into culture. Right. Yeah. And then and then, you know, uh, surfing is this huge, large, multi-billion dollar industry, but it has a lot of history in oppression. Right. Mm, so when yeah. the settlers came to the islands and saw what people were doing because of the Polynesians who, who live in Hawaii. Right. Uh, if if you read a li- lot of, like uh, what's what we know from um, descendants, but also what's been written, is that the highest form in Polynesian culture, highest form of humanity is recreation, and one way to show so, show recreation is to be in the water and recreate that way, right? Mm. And and that to me that's powerful, right? The highest form of humanity is recreation. So surfing, in many ways, you know, it is recreation. It gives us, you know, it, it it's therapeutic. It's uh, expression, it's competitive, right? And and then and let's go on and on. But historically, it had deep rooted in how we connected to each other, how we connected to land, how we connected to, um, you know, just the water and ocean and ocean conservation. Mm. 
And then you fast forward. So, you know, people were actually not allowed to surf. There's historical events where people actually were jailed and had to move, were forced to live away from the ocean, right? And and were not allowed to surf because they couldn't express their own cultural uh, activities, right? Mm. And, and another part to that too is like, you know, Southern California is popular with like surfing. Uh, I mean, it's very known, but but what we don't talk about is that Coastal California, coast of LA, coast of San Diego was predominantly native and black communities. Mm. They were forced yep. out of their homes because uh, developers saw an opportunity to create land, um, opportunity high-end homes for white communities to live along the ocean. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so like you know, so I, it's like it's interesting because you see videos of people surfing in Southern California. It's a huge cultural thing, right? 1970s, it started with like popular Hollywood um, movies. Yeah, Beach Boys. Uh, I could, Beach that's kind of what I, you know, right. visually, Gidget and the Beach Boys right. and all that. Movement. Which makes sense from one side. Like if you are part of the white surfing community, right? And that's your image. That's how you grew up. And that's how when people saw those, they went to Hawaii and bought properties and, and so on and so on. But surfing has been part of culture of other cultures as well so Mm -hmm. that's what i mean by like history like you know we need to think about surfing as what is global now right but also understand that surfing and uh, ocean culture has been part of other cultures for generations it's just that when settlers came they weren't allowed to express their own uh you know cultural traditions and surfing was one of them I love the idea of surfing being um, or or recreating in the ocean being the highest form of society. I I feel, you know, I mean, obviously, you know this, but if you've surfed for a good amount of time, it's medicinal, right? It's it's not just a sport. There's something about being in the water. And I was thinking about this the other day when you're in the water and you're looking out into and onto the horizon, unless there's oil piers or boats in the water you're only seeing nature like the only thing in your visual field is nature now what other times in our life is is that our visual field i would say i mean unless you're hiking in the mountains maybe right and it's i don't it's always struck me as such a, a a beautiful expression of of nature and really where we came from and what we are which is one of the reasons I, I started Wave Tribe, right? Because I was like, nobody's making eco products out there. This is right. crazy. We're, we're right. surfers. We're the ones benefiting the most from this, you know, opportunity. Right. So, right. Yeah. And, and then think about it. Like I, when I, when I talk to people about surfing, I'm like, this is the purest form of connecting to nature. Think about these waves are created miles and miles offshore. And it, to have a perfect wave, there's so many things that have to align to create that wave, right? Mm. And here we are harnessing that energy and then we absorb it in our bodies, yeah, right? Brother. And that that in itself is therapeutic. It is healing, um, you know, and it's just pure fun. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I think something happens at the energetic level when you're surfing that is, you know, it, it's healing in, in ways that we don't even understand. Yeah. I mean – Obviously, if you're, you know, surfing Huntington Beach Pier, which is I grew up surfing down there. Luckily, I haven't been down there for 20 years. But, um, you know, if you're surfing with like 30 other people on top of you, the energy is different. Right. 
And um, yeah, it's just, I think we need to get back to surfing as being an expression of the soul and, and something that we do to rejuvenate our, our lives right. uh, once we get back on the land. Right. Which is interesting is why when your emails went out for suggestions, right. And, um, and I, I'm type of person, like I do like to surf and I do like to surf hard some days, but I find the therapeutic aspect of surfing so important. So that, and so I was out surfing at a place called dead, dead man's, which is a tiny little launch pad. It's a right wave and it's a point break and it gets really competitive. Um, and, and I just like, for me, when I'm out there, if somebody else catches an amazing wave, I'm like, yes, that was awesome. Mm. So good. You know, that must have felt good, right? If I'm surfing with my friends, I'm always cheering for them. And, you know, and, and I've surfed in Bali. I've surfed in South America, Central America. And I always come around, like, I think there's, there's a thing that we don't talk about is that there are people who find very healing and they want to share that. And there's other people that are, it's like this addiction. Right. If I don't get my good surfing, I'm going to be unhappy. Right. And, and, and it tends to be, and this is my general experience, Ben, wherever I've been, it's always like 50 something older white men who are just grumpy. Right. <laughs> yeah. You said that. And, you. I love that part. You know, and, yeah. And they're just like unhappy. And it's like, get out of my way. I've been surfing here for so long. This is my wave. I have ownership because I've been surfing here for 20 years. Right. This whole concept of like mine, mine, mine. Yeah. It's entitlement, right? It's, it's entitlement. Like yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, and I, and I want, like, I think there's growing numbers of surfing community try within, uh, within surfing community that are opening up to that. Like, yeah, we are, it is crowded. Right. But mm. instead of fighting each other, how can we share this resource? Right. I read an article a couple of years ago, which I thought it was great. And I don't see it implementing like whoever's the oldest in the lineup is the captain. <laughs> and everybody gets a number. And then that way, when a wave comes, he calls out, he or she calls out the number. And then it just goes down. If you get into the water, you ask, what number is it? You get a number and then everybody's guaranteed a wave. I love that I mean, idea. Dude, I love um, that idea. So I like, I, it's, there's some pockets. I've never experienced it, but I've only read about it. But like, I always wonder, like, we have so many resources. And, and it's a reflecting of the culture that we're in. We have so many resources, but we're hoarding. Right. Yeah. It's like I got, it's me, myself, and I. It's like, yeah, that only destroys culture, that destroys the environment. You know, we can't be living like that. We live yeah. we're like on the same planet. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You you totally you're nailing it. Look, what what happens in the water is is an expression of how people are living their lives, right? So like that grumpy white dude that's, you know, all bummed out in the water. He's bummed out at home too, right? He's bummed yeah. out with his friends and his family. And, you know, it doesn't have to just be white people. It's, it's all people, you know, it, it's just being bummed out has, it is, uh, is not prejudice, right? And, right. and being negative. And I mean, life is hard, bro. I mean, really like when you break it down, there's, there's a lot of difficulties in life and surfing is really one of the pure joys that, that help kind of reconnect us to something bigger, whatever that is for everyone. And, um, you know, if you're going to be angry in the water, you're probably angry through your whole life. I mean, that's just the reality. Right. right? So I don't, I don't know what the fix is, man. I, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know what the fix is either, but I I think like, 
having conversations is a good place to start. Yeah, bro. Um, you know, there's there's um there's a couple of really good folks. Like there's a woman in Santa Cruz, she's African American. She started this Instagram group called Textured Waves. And basically it's um like giving more visibility of uh, women of color surfing. Mm. And then I have a friend in East Bay, she runs black brown girl surf, and I have another friend who runs black girl surf, right? Mm. So so the idea you know, I think the idea concept is that, you know, um in every ad that you see, it's always like this skinny girl in a bikini in a surf shop at a surf point or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it's really like, you know, I get that that's, that sells, that image sells, but at the same time, the representation of all the people that surf isn't there. Mm. You know, because, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually a person of color and, and I've been surfing for a long time, but yeah. I never see myself represented in any of the ads, yeah. right? Um, and, and that, and then that's also could be part because the market wasn't there. There was not enough people buying the products that are all people of color. So you don't hire people in the ads. Right. Um, I don't know what the reason is, but it's, it's, I mean, you know, so having these conversations are a place to start. Absolutely, bro. We don't have, I don't have any answers, but I, you know, but I would like to like, work with people, work with organizations, companies, media, and be like, yeah, you know, there are people who are like, I had this fantasy of um, random thought of like, I would love to get some money together and just surf film people surfing around the world that mm. don't get a national stage. Cause I was in El Salvador surfing for a couple of weeks and there's some local guys who are just amazing, but they'll never ever see the competition circuit because yeah. the country doesn't have infrastructure right? To support athletes. They don't have the money for it. I went to Morocco, same piece, same stuff. Amazing surfers who are just doing crazy stuff in the lineup, right? Yeah. But we'll never see the light of day because they don't have the money. The country doesn't support it and so on and so on, right? So it'd be nice to just like, you know, yes, we see all these amazing surfers who are at pro circuit and pre-pro who come from very well backgrounds, but there also is another layer of people who are surfing all around the world in their local breaks who are really good surfers and they're having a blast, you know? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I had the opportunity, um, to go to Cuba back in the day, kind of early, early two thousands before actually before, um, it was easier to get in. I got in and I went and I connected with the Cuban surfing association, which, you know, it was like a group of guys that are super stoked on surfing and you know cubans have or back then they had nothing i mean nothing was there and i loaded up my board bags i took down a bunch of surfboards and leashes and gave them to everybody you know and i'll never forget the story that one of the one of the guys told me eduardo so of course they can't get any materials down there and they went in and they um they took the foam from like the inside of a fish, uh, <laughs> like a frozen fish yeah. uh, refrigerator, like they broke in and they cut out a surfboard from the foam and then they glass that. I always loved, and they actually showed it to me. They were surfing it and they were just loving it, bro. Just yeah. loving it. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good story. It's a great, that's a great, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting too. You know, we, in so many ways, in humanity, we have destructive behavior, but we also have people who make the best of what they have. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you ever get that film project going, dude, I'll supply the 
the the product for for you to give away to those people out there to I, get I them stoked. That. Absolutely, yeah, man. That. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who she runs the Black Girl Surf, and she just got some sponsorship from Hurley, I believe. Oh, awesome! And, yeah, and she's in Senegal because she was there over the holidays, and then COVID hit, so she can't leave. Uh, she's in lockdown, so but she's trying to get like you know surfboards and other equipment there. Uh, yeah. so they can support the young, you know, younger crews, you know, um, other women who are interested in surfing. Cause you know, and, and she was saying the largest challenge for her is not that there aren't any talented women surfers that the biggest is the culture because they are, you know, uh, Senegal is predominantly a Muslim culture mm. that does not allow women to be active and especially being in the ocean, wearing a wetsuit and so on and so on, you know? Yeah. So it's really interesting to not, you know, navigate the challenges because you think about like, if, if just those little things didn't exist, what would they be doing with their lives and what would their surfing be like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I, I'm loving this conversation. Okay. So, um, it, I guess inclus- inclusivity was another one. I, it, we kind of touched on that. You want to say more about that? Just what are your thoughts around that? Uh, yeah, inclusive inclusivity is. It's always been an interest. So I've been in, I've been in outdoor education and environmental education for a long time, and I took a break from it. And that that question has always been, like, um, it's been an interesting question because inclusivity. Like we've always talked about diversity, which is like, hey, numbers, right? We have number X amount of people working X amount of jobs from X amount of backgrounds. Um, but inclusivity takes it to another level in terms of like, yeah, it's not just your skin color and gender, but it's also including different types of interests you have mm. uh, and 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 people, right? Because we have, because I feel like this uh, specifically around like surf industry. It's been it's a very limited in terms of inclusivity, meaning that only a certain shots will make it to a to a level. You know, it's a product which I totally get. WSL is a product, right? Right. The right. whole industry they have to sell, which which I get. But at the same time, you also have tons of people from other parts. I mean, you go anywhere. You go to Chile. You go to Peru. You go to Ecuador. You go to Sri Lanka. People are surfing, and they're also buying surf gear right so so i, I would i mean uh, to me i I've, i have i've met this couple who have a surf camp in southern india right and and it would be fun to like to see more of inclusivity in terms of like uh larger companies involving people who are working on the grounds uh, mm. i don't know what that looks like i mean it, it is this is all like ideas but you know in, in reality it's like you know you have to consider budget is it a market for it is it you know so things like that what's your investment and i totally get the business side of it but you know like like i give you an example like you know we all at some point were learning how to surf and you you got in somebody else's way right and yeah. there's many ways to deal with that you can yell at that person and curse them out and i totally ruin their experience and then be upset yourself or you can be like hey it's all good. You know, next time you want to paddle around the impact area, this is the impact area, right? And then try to hold on to your board. Um, and right, so you could teach them or you can get upset with them or somewhere in between, right? So that's what I mean by inclusivity. Like you could totally be like, yeah, these all these other people 
they don't exist. We don't care because we can't. We don't care about marketing to them. We don't want to involve anything with them. Or you could be like, yeah, you know what? There are people of color. There are groups um, that are surfing. They are definitely like there are gay groups. There are lesbian groups, right? There are transgender surfing groups. There are activist groups. There are environmental environmental education surfing groups, right? So. I guess I mean inclusivity. It's like surfing doesn't have to be just Kelly Slater type. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Gabriel Medina type. It doesn't have to be like this bikini shot, skinny, you know, at all. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it, I, it's so hard, right? Because you're, you're rubbing up against the financial incentives of the companies, which is, okay, who's the biggest demographic? And let's, you know, let the product shots and the bikini, you know, bikini models and, you know, even I would say some of the pros that are picked, you know, are to represent a certain brand, right? They're, they're picked because they're, you know, it's, it's a marketing positioning. They're saying, okay, who, who is our biggest demographic? And based on that demographic, we're going to pick somebody that fits that, right? And then, they're going to then people feel an association and because of that association, they're going to buy more product or they're going to feel closer to the brand. But what I would love to see is these kind of conversations come out and then people be stoked on this type of topic, which is, Hey, you know, we're, you know, of course, okay. You know, white males are probably a big part of the demographic, but there's also all these other people in the world that are surfing. And how do we, how do we switch from, you know, without, without doing it. And this is what I'm seeing a little bit since some of the unrest happened, uh, you know, a couple months ago, brands are doing it, but they're not doing it because they want to do it because exactly. they're doing it because exactly. it, it's a, it's a, it's, they, they know if they don't do it, they're going to be called out. Right? right. And for me, that's the wrong reason. Totally. Like if you're, if you're doing it just to like fit in and you don't want to, you know, um, kind of cause, uh, some kind of reaction. It, I just, I just feel like it's the wrong move, man. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that, it, yeah. And that's what I mean too. When I say inclusivity, it's like, I get that the budget parts and you want to reach out to your largest demographics, but at the same time, I would argue demographics are changing. And I'll give you a good example. I've been to outdoor retailer shows in Salt Lake city and whatnot. And, Everybody in the outdoor industry, REI being the biggest one, is changing, right? If you look at the ads of Patagonia, they're involving more people of color in their, as their model uh, in their ads and, and, and whatnot and sharing stories of people who are usually not represented. Um, and, and it's because they want to. And that's the biggest distinction, right? And at the same time, you're also seeing more and more people having higher income. So they are doing more recreation, right? Like, for example, there actually are, if you look at, uh, there's an Instagram um, uh, account called Melanin Basecamp, and they, they feature uh, people of color from base jumping to skiing to and so on and so on, right? And these people have been doing this for a long time. It's just that nobody considered to add them. And they have, I don't know how many followers they have, but they're, they've gotten so much visibility, hmm. right? And that, that, that happened organically and whatnot. So, but... You know, I mean, I think in the maybe 10 years ago, 80% of your demographics were white men, right? Yeah. And and I think REI, North Face, all of these big outdoor companies 
are changing because they're realizing the demographics and the finances have changed, right? More and more people are recreating, but also they have the income to purchase outdoor recreation uh, gear, right? Um, so, and, and these conversations are important, I think, and I also think, I think some people within those companies are, are on a younger side. So as they get more, um, seniority, they'll be able to make the decisions to involve people who are, you know, who want to do things right in a sense of like being more inclusive, involving other, uh, voices, um, right. Yeah, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> we're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. Yeah, we're, we're doing, doing it right now. now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a process, right? Yeah, are, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We are here. We are, you know, um, and it, it, this unrest has been going on for so long. It's just brought it to the surface, right? Uh, yeah. There are people who have been, I mean, you know, the story of, um, oh, my God, I'm spacing his name, who used to paddle like six miles so he can surf um swamis and then paddle back after a surf session because black people were not allowed to be on the ocean no way yeah i, I um i can send you his uh, yeah send me the link I'll, I'll put it in the show notes that'd be awesome yeah because yeah. I mean, the stories like that right i mean that that is i mean that's a huge story but think about the challenges this person had to come because they wanted to surf yeah <laughs> you know? yeah crazy man so uh, what about localism? Does it still exist? Oh, I think it's getting better. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think um, when I first started surfing, there was a lot more people yelling and screaming. Uh, on some spots, I think there's definitely more localism. Like here, Dad's and Fort Point gets pretty localized. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, these, it's a group of guys who've been surfing there for a long time and they feel the ownership of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's getting better. Um, I think people in general are starting to realize like, you know what, there's no need for us to fight. We can share, you know? Um, but I don't know what it's like in Southern California. Most of the time when I've surfed in Southern California, people have been pretty nice. Like I surf, uh, trestles, uh, I've accidentally dropped in on people and they've totally been fine about it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just, like you said earlier, it's just person to person. Like if someone is an unhappy person, they're just going to have that vibe. Right. And then people who are happy and they're stoked, who are general and compassionate, they're going to, they're going to be like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Just don't drop on me <laughs> again. You know? Yeah. It's the second one that gets a little worrisome, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Cool, but, man. Uh, yeah. I think it's changing. And I think, I think the industry is probably frigging figuring things out now. You know, I think the pandemic changes things and it's uh, it's allowing people to reflect yeah. um, and then maybe go inward and be like, yeah, you know, we do need to think things differently, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. A, a good mentor of mine, she used to say this quote and I love it. She goes, she always says, if you always do what you always done, you always get what you always gotten. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Doing, doing what you've always done is won't, it, yeah, won't get you anywhere. You got to do something new, build new bridges. That's what I like. I like to see it. Yeah. Cool, man. I got a couple other questions. Um, Describe your very first surfboard. Oh, my first surfboard was actually, it gives me chill because um, my friend bought it for me because he wanted to learn how to surf and I, him and I taught ourselves how to surf. And it was this local shaper here and he had a, my friend had shoulder problems. His shoulders would pop out. 
So when we, him and I used to go climbing and backpacking and I've popped his shoulder back in many times. So he trusted me to do that. She's so like, he's like, I want to learn how to surf. So I'm, I'm going to get you a wetsuit and get you a board. And the first board, oh, it was Werner. It was Werner. six, eight fun shape uh, board. And I loved that thing because it just had a beautiful float to it. It paddled. Um, you know, I, I, I used to meet my friend and I, we used to go out in the surf. We had no idea what we were doing. You know, we just, and soon enough, we went out, you know, we would jump, we would fall over the falls. We would like have so much water up our noses, but we loved it. You know, yeah. and we, seriously, we walk away with tails between our legs, but we were happy, you know. We, Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, it just started to click, you know. And uh, since then, after that, never looked back. And that was my it. first board, 6A, or maybe 6, yeah, 6A, Werner. Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> what was the, what's the best wave that you've, you've ever caught? Ah, the best wave of the best wave. It's got to be one that one that you go over at night. Sometimes you're like, yeah, yeah. That was there was. mm, I actually forget my waves on purpose because I want to go into a session like it's my new session. Yeah, but a memorable wave was I was just in Morocco right before um, the uh, pandemic, and there was this beautiful right hand point break, and I don't know what happened i just happened to catch a wave and it just built and it built and he built and i was going up and down up and down carving back into it out i would get ahead of the wave and i was like i'm still on this wave and wow. it's still going and my legs were like you know when you when you, you stand and you're pumping your legs get tired and i was getting tired but the wave kept building it kept building it kept building and i got off the wave at the beach and um, it was a strong swell, so you couldn't paddle back out. You had to walk yeah. around. And as I'm walking, the sun is close to setting, and I'm in tears. Awesome. You know, because I was I was just so grateful, you know, the honor yeah. and privilege to be able to travel and surf this amazing wave. That, was that it was, Tagazoot? Is that where you're at? I was uh, north of there uh-huh. in a place called Imswam. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. wave. That was a beautiful. It's a beautiful wave that breaks into into the bay. Yeah, uh, and it was one of those days where nobody was out because it was like bigger and then, massive. Yeah, and then um, one thing I joke about it's like I'm really good at duck diving because that's the main thing we do at Ocean Beach, you know? Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> Ocean Beach surfers are the best. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they, they have the best um, skills of not skills, but just abilities to duck dive yeah. over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. And, and yeah. Luckily, the way I got this way, I mean, there wasn't that many people in the water. It was maybe like it was it was a bigger day. So it was like maybe 10, 12 people. And I ducked off and I looked behind me. Everybody got washed away. Yeah. So I'm sitting there by myself and the next wave that comes in. And that's the one. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Mar- Morocco is a great trip for anyone out there that that's looking for somewhere to go once this thing's all over. Yeah. Um, speaking of trips, what's one super memorable trip besides Morocco? Cause we just talked about that one that, that you, yeah, you just were super stoked on. You had a great time. Sounds like you've been a lot of places. So. Yeah. You know, I, um, in 2018, I went to Bali for the first time and that was memorable because I love the tropics. Um, and I love the heat. And, and I was able to, I, I stayed away from Uluwatu and I stayed away from Padang Padang because I went out there to check the waves and it was like 600 people. But, yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it felt like and it looked like it. 
And I, I wasn't feeling all the bar scenes and everything. So I ended up going to uh, Lombok. Um, and Lombok was just beautiful. And there was like 10 people in the water. And I, I'll share this story is that I met this guy, Australian guy, uh, surfing. And then we're like, hey, you want to share a boat the next day? Uh, and then he knew a German guy. The three of us got on a boat. And it's like 30-minute boat ride out. And, and we get there. We're like, dude, there's no waves. He's like. The boat ride, the driver was like, be patient, be patient, you know? And he's like, okay. So we're, we are like getting ready. And sure enough, six to eight foot A-frames just show up. Wow. Right? And the three of us were out there glassy. It was like what I'd seen in in surf magazines. These All these pros were going out to, to surf. And I was just like, oh, my God, we're about to just dive in to surf this. And then when I caught the first wave in Bali, I was just like in Lombok. That day, I was just like howling and screaming, and it was just uh, it was uh, Bali was just a magical place. It, it just um, I have a I have a hard time when I like, reflect on it because it's so touristy, it's so rundown. Yeah, you know, a lot yeah. of Australian tourists, and and you know, I, I feel like when we when I travel, I'm I'm a very eco traveler. I always stay places that are locally owned. You know, I I, I don't go to bars, I don't sure. party. And I like to volunteer. Um, so I, I got a chance to just like, you know, work at a school for a little bit. Um, I stayed with, I stayed in this like a camp uh, right by the waves on a, on far east of uh, Bali. You know, it was like, it was this beautiful left hand. Um, yeah, it, it was a beautiful, memorable trip. Um, I, yeah, I can't say enough about it because it was, it was yeah. great. And, and I'm, I, I'm hoping that when the pandemic ends, I want to try to get to Japan and then I want to surf in Taiwan. Japan and Taiwan are big on my next list. Nice. Yeah. I've surfed Japan. We'll talk about that some other time. And yeah. Um, Bali. Yeah. Bali's great. I've been going to Bali for a long time now. And uh, there's, there's a lot to explore outside of Bali and yeah. you found, you found Lombok, which was great. We went to a place called Simalu this year, which is the, or last year, which is the Island above uh, Nias. Oh, wow. So it's the it's the last island in the chain off of northern Sumatra. Yeah. And so all the same swells that hit Nias hit this island, and it just remind you know your story of Lombok reminds me of of traveling to that place. Yeah. Super super fun. Yeah, I have um I'm I'm pl- in the back of my mind I haven't planned it but I I do want to I, um like I have some fam distant family who live in Malaysia. And yeah. I have this like a vision of riding a scooter with a surfboard through Java and to Sumatra yeah. and surfing my way up all the way to the very top of Sumatra. Dude, yeah. let me know when you go. I'll, <laughs> I'll join you for part of it. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been something I've been thinking about for a couple of years now. And I'm like, man, if, if this pandemic gets worse and we're getting more, more and more pandemics, I got to do it sooner than later. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure, man. All right. Did we miss anything? Is there anything else you want to say before we? Uh... No, I I think uh, you're not paying me to say this, but I do love your product. No. I have I have your bag, and I also have a couple of your leashes. Um, and uh, next purchase is going to be the stomp pad because I do like eco friendly stomp pads. So I, thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, I do love the emails, um, and then that you're in you know you're talking to people in, in your podcast. Thank you, man. I, I really enjoyed this podcast and it's it's great to get to know you and I have a feeling we're going to do this again. Sounds good. Look forward. All right. Thank you Thank so you. much. You have a good one. You too. Okay. 
Thanks again for checking out our podcast. Check out wavetribe.com for some excellent EcoSurf gear. And please stay tuned for some great upcoming episodes. Have a great day.